Dear listeners, and welcome to another episode of Extra Extra, it's all about whiskey. I'm your host, Jason Johnson Yellen, and I am no longer joined by the cherubic Joshua Hatton. He he has on a flat cap today, and he looks a lot more like Brian Johnson, who you might know from ACDC. Oh, that's right. You know, I I don't know why, when you said Brian Johnson, I pictured Angus Young in my head. And no, it's Brian Johnson that wears the uh, the flat cap. The flat cap. Angus wears the schoolboy cap. I was born in the... <laughs> so an extra extra. One of us brings a new story to the other. <clears throat> and we give it a little read in the first half of the podcast. We give it a little discussion in the second half of the podcast. And we try to get out of here in a tight 30 or a tight 35 mm. minutes. Sometimes we hit that goal, sometimes we don't. But for you, dear listener, know that that's our goal mm. every time we record Always this. trying. And every time I, dis- I describe how we do this podcast, mm-hmm. I always throw a wrinkle at you. And so this week, All right. we're going to cover a news story that was sent in by a listener. Oh, I love that. Oh, I absolutely love that. So it's not me bringing this to you. Mm-hmm. This is Richard Baum, B-A-U-M. Uh, we know that name. Looks familiar. Yes, we do. Sounds familiar. Yes, we do. And so Richard sent this to us on September 2nd, okay. which is the day this story went live. And, and he simply wrote, I think we've found the next story for Extra Extra. Mm-hmm. Okay. And of course... The next story was your turn, and you went down a different path. And now it's my turn. We may actually have already recorded. I don't know how dates work. I don't know how time works. <laughs> I don't know how any of this works. But here we are. You and I are recording this September 14. It drops September 16. Mm-hmm. And the article and the email were both September 2nd. All right? Okay. Yep. So, interestingly... This comes from fredminnick.com. Okay, yeah, we've cited some of his articles in the past. Yeah, we've covered Fred when he's been in Forbes, this time only on his blog here, which is well worth checking out, well worth following. And the title is New Jersey's Two Largest Spirits Wholesalers Mm. and 20 Retailers to Pay Total of 10 Point three million dollars over discriminatory trade practices. And for our American listeners, that's uh, discriminatory. No, that cannot be the right way. And say, I say the right way. That cannot be the American way. We don't say discrim. What did you say? Discriminatory. <laughs> nope, we don't say that. Discriminatory. Interesting. Yep. I've never been guilty of it, so I've never learned the word. Yeah, well, we could talk about my uh, dealings with it later. Go on. (laughs) So there's a fair there's a fair few paragraphs in this. Okay, and so I'll I'll try to get through them in a in a in a speedy yet respectful way. I'm also going to say I did not see this story anywhere else, Hmm. and so the fact that Richard sent this to us from Fred's blog from FredMinnick.com. I, I don't know if it was picked up in other places. Maybe it was, but 
I simply missed it. Okay. So I was excited to bring this to your attention and to the attention of our very dear listeners. Well, thanks to Richard for bringing it to our attention. Cheers, Rich. I don't know if he's a rich at all. New Jersey's two largest wine and spirits wholesalers both have been hit with $4 million penalties after being found to have engaged in discriminatory trade practices that unfairly favoured their largest retail customers, according to an announcement by Attorney General Gerber S. Gruel and the Division of Alcoholic Beverage Control. Okay. If I could pause for one second. Gerber S. Gruel sounds like a villain from a Charles Dickens novel. It does, but the villain is a baby, and that's why he's known as Gerber, because he only eats baby food. You might say he only eats baby gruel. Oh, look at what you did there. Nice. Thank you. Well done. Thank you. In addition, 20 retailers in New Jersey will pay a total of $2.3 million in penalties Mm. for their part in the trade practices. Wholesalers Allied Beverage Group, W-A-B-G, there are no aha, but you could still get behind them, and Fedway Associates agreed to pay the record high penalties and change their business practices to resolve trade violations uncovered during a two-year investigation by ABC's Enforcement and Investigations Bureaus, the announcement said. It's serious business here, right? Yeah, it really is, yeah. (laughs) I'm only trying to make a little joke here and there because it's making me feel very upset. I know, yeah, you gotta lighten it a bit. The two wholesalers together account for approximately 70% of all wine and 80% of all spirits sold at wholesale in New Jersey. And the investigation found they unfairly favoured 20 of the state's largest wine and spirits retailers, putting smaller retailers at a competitive disadvantage by manipulating the Retailer Incentive Programme, or RIPs, RIPs, granting credit extensions and interest-free loans and engaging in other discriminatory practices. Interest-free loans. Yeah, Fred gets into how that worked a little bit later uh, in in the post here. Okay, yeah, you continue. I don't want to interrupt too much because I understand this is a longer article. It is quite long, so hold tight. That's what I heard. What's interesting, though, is the interest-free loan is, to my understanding of this, is a way of calling an insider practice, and it's the insider practice mm. that gets spoken to. Okay. So retailer incentive programs, RIPs, provide cash rebates paid to retailers by wholesalers for purchasing certain quantities of alcoholic beverages. ABC regulations control the program by making RIPs available to all retailers on a non-discriminatory basis by keeping the Retailer Incentive Program payments to retailers relatively small and by Mm. not allowing wholesalers to substitute RIPs for interest-free loans. And just a very quick aside here. We were were listening to somebody the other day. Actually, it might have been our interview with with Raj Sabarwal for A Future One Nation Under Whiskey. 
But mm. we were talking about the way prohibition, at the end of prohibition, the United States government said, we are out of the liquor business. And mm. they left it to each of the 50 states to oversee liquor in their own particular way. So as yes. you and I here are talking, here's what's happening in New Jersey, here's something ABC looked into in New Jersey, this is only a New Jersey thing. And so we've got experience you know, selling into retail or selling to distributors in California, in Tennessee, mm. Uh, mm-hmm. in Connecticut, in Illinois. This is a particular wrinkle that exists within the New Jersey system and is not a United States-wide policy or program. I just wanted to get that out very clear for international listeners who are still getting their head around the United States three-tier system. And it's good to say all 50 states get to run liquor however they want to run liquor. And I will have something when we come in on the second half. I I do have a little bit of knowledge to to share about these RIPs, these RIPs. So please continue. Okay. So we're about halfway through at this point. Okay. Okay. That's not bad. Okay. You feel okay about that? I'm feeling good. I don't want you to be nervous. I don't want our dear listeners to be nervous. Mm -mm. I'm at ease. I'm relaxed. At ease, Hatton, Brian Johnson. The investigation found that Allied Beverage Group and Fedway Associates were giving chosen retailers a financial advantage by issuing rebates more often and in greater amounts than allowed. They also failed to wait the required 30 days before issuing rebates, thus allowing those retailers to use that money to pay for the orders for which the rebates were issued, which is against <laughs> ABC regulations. Uh-huh. Right? And so uh-huh. I, fig- I figured we get into talking terms in the second yeah. half of the yeah. pod. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Retailers who do not pay for orders within 30 days are put on an industry-wide cash-only delivery status. So the early rebates ensured that the larger retailers would have a ready cash flow to pay for their orders on time, giving them an unfair edge over smaller retailers who had to use their own money to pay for their wine and spirits orders within the required 30-day window. Mm -hmm. It's pretty clear. I think Fred has explained that pretty clearly. (laughs) <laughs> it's well put. <laughs> it really, really is. That's craziness. Yeah, go on. The investigation also found that Allied Beverage Group and Fedway Associates falsified records related to RIPs and mm-hmm. or used undocumented gift cards to make cash payments to chosen retailers that were not accounted for, per the announcement this week. Uh Another little aside, in the interest of full disclosure, Single Cast Nation does have a retail presence in New Jersey, and Mm -hmm. we are represented by Skernick. Yes, we are. And so either I I don't want people to think we have a conflict of interest, or I want to clearly state, 
you know, transparently how we do business in the state. Because if Skurnik had been named in this, yeah. you know, I like to think we would still have covered this bit of business. But I also don't want to show we're only covering this bit of business because it's two distributors or wholesalers who are not Skurnik. So yes, and and I was going to put this into the second half of the of the conversation. So actually, listeners, keep what Jason said in mind, and then when we transition over, I'll have a bit more to share. Awesome. That sounds like a wonderful plan. I love it when we come up with plans live on air. I love it when a plan comes together. I say live on air, live during the recording. <laughs> Two very short paragraphs to go, and then I've got okay. one, one more thing to say. Both entities agreed to adopt a corrective action plan, employ a compliance monitor for two years, make upgrades to their computer systems, and facilitate the retirement, resignation, and or termination of certain employees. That's, that's yep. hella big. <laughs> mm-hmm. Retailers are similarly required to take corrective action and pay penalties. Below are the retailers that were charged with ABC violations along with their settlement terms. Okay. I'm not going to, I'm not going to list them. I'm not going to read them. It is, it is a very decent list. What I'm going to say is, I very simply entered Fred, the name Fred, the name Minnick, M-I-N-N-I-C-K, and the word discriminatory into Google, and this is the number one result. So if you're a listener okay. who would like to follow up and see that list for yourself, maybe you're mm-hmm. in New Jersey, maybe you're New Jersey adjacent, maybe you're just simply interested Enter the words Fred, the word Minnick, and the word discriminatory into Google, and you'll be able to go through that list for yourself. But it's it's significant, right? We already had that yeah. at the top of the piece. Yeah. You know, people in New Jersey are on the hook, and, and I say people, there's wholesalers and 20 retailers on the hook for $10.3 million. You can imagine there's a lot of money floating around there. And, and ju- just to be very clear here, uh, for our American listeners, it'll be... The search terms are Fred, <laughs> and then Minnick, and then discriminatory. So there I'm not sure discriminatory is a word. Well, check out what you out, say. Oh. Laboratory. <laughs> Just go to uh, website.com, websitesearch.com, and uh, and you'll you'll find it all out. <laughs> uh, we'll see you all in part two. Spend a moment turning this story in the harsh light of day. There was Jesus. Okay. There was a part that I initially want to return to, where where I was making the disclaimer for us covering this when it doesn't cover our wholesaler in New Jersey, and mm-hmm. you know I was mentioning Skernick represent our retail line in New Jersey, and there was something you wanted to add. You told the the listeners to hang on for that edition. And so what did you want to add to that disclaimer? Well, 
this whole idea of of rips rips right uh retailer incentive programs is not new to me i've heard this term before and i've heard it over the years and i've always thought of this idea of incentivizing the retailer in such a way to allow them to more easily pay their bills, right? Give them these advanced loans to pay their bills so they don't run into trouble. And then this other idea of offering, and you see the, the article touched on it a little bit, but basically offering, you know, cash gift cards, mm-hmm. yes. right? That they yes. can use for anything. I've heard about this and the rips part being uh, very specific to new jersey the the money card is is not necessarily specific to new jersey so i've heard about these rips and i've heard about all of this stuff before and i i have been with skernick sales reps doing calls on different restaurants and bars and and shops and and each sales rep I was with, I would ask them, I would say, so do you guys, and now this is before I had a, a, a full understanding of what a rip is and what a rip does. Mm-hmm. To me, I thought it was like this great incentive program that perhaps we could join in, like maybe we offer a little money up front that allows people to, you know, there's, how should I say this? Poorly. Yeah, Poorly. In some states, right, you know, you, you offer certain discounts if, if, if an account is going to buy five cases rather than one case, right? It, it makes sense. You buy in volume, you get the slightly better price, you're able to offer up a better price and so on. And when I first heard about these RIPs, I said, well, you know, that sounds really interesting. It sounds like a cool idea for New Jersey. And, and then I would get to speaking with the the reps that I would go out with visiting their customers and and I would ask them, so is there a possibility to get in on one of these rips? And they said, poof, we don't want any part of that. Hmm. We do not do that. Everything we do is above board. Hmm. We have a pricing structure. If a customer wants to buy this product based on the existing product structure, then they can get it and then we move on. But we're not going to compete with rips we're not going to compete with cash cards we're not going to compete with you know oh let's let's just swipe a card here and and give you x amount of money like these are all really weird tactics that suppliers can get away with to help the retailers out giving them a better price and wanting them to focus more on your product and just to be clear the New Jersey ABC itself doesn't have a problem with RIPs. They just want them to be available on a non-discriminatory basis. Well, it, ex- exactly. So just, to, just to keep the record yes. clear, no one's, <laughs> as much as we're covering this article, nobody's you know under the table with an RIP unless yeah. they're doing it incorrectly. And New Jersey ABC... In, through their investigation, found it to be done incorrectly in these instances. Yeah, so no, I'm, I'm really glad that you you said that and you clarified, because to be quite honest, it, it may change my recollection of the conversation, 
because it, it you know there was a, a there was a clear point where they said whoa, whoa, whoa no we don't do anything like that mm-hmm. right and and you know it's just one of those things where i would almost rather a distributor to be upfront and tell me all the bad news here's what we can do here's what we can't do and the reason we cannot do that is because it violates the law. And even though our competitors may have no issue with with doing this or doing that, that's their business. That's not our business, right? And and so I I really appreciated that. And and again, like I said, I'm glad you said this because at the end of each conversation, not at any point did I feel as if we were at a competitive disadvantage because of how Skernick approached the market. I felt very comfortable with, with, with their go-to-market strategy. Which then speaks to, and, and as I was alluding to earlier in the podcast, you and I have got experience doing business in, in many different states. And, mm-hmm. and there are states where you, you can offer a discount on cases. You mm-hmm. you can offer you know a sample bottle on a case of something, right? But it's so difficult if you represent an importer and you're dealing with distributors, wholesalers in multiple states. You really end up relying on them to tell you how business is going to be done in that state. Um, 100%. There's, yep. there, there, there's, a, there's a wacky version of this. And I don't, I don't want to wander too far off topic, but I think this might be of interest to the listeners. In doing business in Tennessee, in Tennessee, a representative of a brand cannot walk into a retailer by themselves for a mm. meeting. You can yeah. only go in with a representative of a distributor or a wholesaler. However, if they schedule a tasting, an on-premise tasting for you, they cannot attend that tasting. Only the representative of the brand can attend that tasting. Jesus Christ. And so I, I remember when I was told that, and I, I wrote a very specific note in my, in my, in my pad of paper right? And I put stars around it because (laughs) you have to be so careful to do one half of that correctly without then screwing up the other half Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. if you just tried to be singularly consistent, you would screw up one half of that. And I actually did. There was a day I walked into a, into a retailer's just to say hi, because I'd, I'd met them previously and I walked in. And the distributor sent me an email and said, hey, I heard you visited that account by yourself. You absolutely cannot do that. You are going to get us all in a lot of trouble if you do that again. And I wrote them an email and I said, listen, I'm, I'm really, really sorry. Mm-hmm. It's a practice that I've got in other states. I carried it on in here. I screwed up. I, I just simply fell on my sword. It was entirely on me. Yep. Yep. And so, but it really speaks to this state by state set of regulations where if you're state hopping, you, yeah. you can accidentally stumble into a world of hurt real fast. Well, in your defense. Thank you. <laughs> that regulation is dumb as fuck. 
<laughs> it's stupid. But it's the regulation. It's you can't, you're right. It's how they do business I know. in that one particular right? state. You got to respect it. I have to follow it. I don't have to respect it. <laughs> it's stupid. Um, but you know what? These, these are rules, and this is the interesting thing, and this gets back to, and you alluded to it uh, earlier on when you mentioned our conversation with Raj Sabarwal, where these laws that were put into place after Prohibition, when the federal government stepped back and said, you know what? States, you take care of this. It became, okay, guys, let's figure out what, what series of Band-Aids we need to make this work. Yeah. And it's different from state to state. And interestingly, because it has worked for so long, there's no need to particularly change it. There's no need to change the, the silly rule that you mentioned. There's no need to particularly change the one in New Jersey. But there is a need, I think to pay closer attention to these loopholes. And A, do we fill the loopholes? B, is there a way to change slash adjust the laws that don't affect the, the state's tax revenue? And that's always a driver. When it comes to state liquor laws, they will not be changed if tax revenue is effective, affected negatively. And we certainly said that during an early episode during the lockdown where we were saying, you know, which states who control liquor sales are still open for business? Who's who's entirely shut it down? Who's still bringing mm. in tax money? Who's decided that that tax money isn't for them? Um, and sure. so we do. We, we always come back to tax. And when we don't get back to tax, we get back to tariffs. And here we are now. <laughs> so is, is there is there anything else in Fred's piece here that jumps out at you? Well, no. Can I ask you a question then? Yes. <laughs> yes, you <laughs> so, so this idea, all, again, about this rip, it seems like, again, with a lot of things that are in law and in regulations, mm -hmm. it seems on the face of it like it could be used for good. It seems mm -hmm. like you could have this 30-day turnaround met through this program. Mm -hmm. But it's strange to me, and, and of course why it was listed as discriminatory, it's strange to me that you would benefit the large retailers through this mm -hmm. instead of benefiting the smaller the retailers. Small ones. The, the ones who could absolutely benefit from this are yeah. the ones being left out in the cold. And obviously, that's why it's been identified as discriminatory. But is there a part of you, you do business in New Jersey, you've talked about these ride-withs mm -hmm. with your, your Skernick reps. Is there a part of you that sees a potential for the reps? Because clearly, New Jersey ABC has approved them. New, New Jersey ABC is okay with them. Would you rather see them completely gone from the regulations? You talked about closing loopholes. Is this something you'd yeah. just like to see gone completely? Or would you like to see it used in a way that would actually benefit the people that it might benefit? I, I, think, I think it's the latter. You know, the unfortunate thing is there are a lot of shops, 
lot of liquor licensed shops that kind of need that help that that rely on that help right think about how we work just as bottlers with our suppliers we need those terms in order to okay you've sold us the casks well it's going to take time to bottle it to label it to ship it to the u.s those terms help us and and so so therefore yes i think it could be very beneficial to shops who are in need. However, it, it really would be great to see if there are ways to, to tighten those loopholes a little bit. And it's, it's similar to, you know, to what we see in, in tax structures for just the public in general, where if you're in a higher tax bracket, well, you should be paying a little bit more. And those that are in a lower tax bracket should be taxed a little less because they're making less and so on, right? There should be some sort of evening out, right? Yeah, yeah. It's. I really take your point from a moment ago, though, where we're talking about the band-aids that were put across what had formerly been the federal system, that... You know, we're, we're sitting here in 2020, we're, we're in a lockdown, the, the West is on fire, we're dealing with 25% tariffs. Is it even possible to sit down and say, here's what liquor needs to look like across 50 US states in the 21st century? You know, I, I have this yeah. deep, deep concern that that horse has already bolted the barn and all we're going to do is keep limping along, keep applying band-aids, keep trying to bring, you know, c- congratulations and, and kudos to Fred for bringing this story to attention, mm-hmm. where, you know, we're able to say that's a practice that is just not fair. Let's let's work to overcome it. And, you know, you know and nowhere in the article does it say New Jersey ABC is going to to close this loophole. And nowhere does it say we're we're going to do things differently. It just says, hey, continue doing it, but don't be discriminatory about it. Yeah. Yeah, I think think I'd like to close at least my portion of it with this statement. There's a big push right now, and we've talked about it over a few episodes of Extra Extra, where there's a push to change and adjust certain state laws. And, and we're seeing movement there, and it's been movement for the good in many cases, right? With Kentucky distilleries being able to, to ship and uh, with Virginia distilleries being extended an ABC license to ship and so on. Very quickly on that point, Go we've we've gone to Scott Harris plenty of times to get A, his position on tariffs, B, his position on craft distillers shipping within the state of Virginia. He has mm. now been appointed to a government committee in the state of Virginia to be one of those having a voice in how the state conducts its liquor business going forward. Brilliant amazing. appointment. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, well done, Scott. That's amazing. So, so there's there's a push to change some laws, and laws are are being changed for the first time in seventy, almost eighty years. Right? It's it's pretty amazing. There's also a push, a, a louder push to eliminate the three tiered system or or adjust it in some way. That's that's a push I'm not necessarily keen on. What I would like to see personally, 
is the three-tier system staying the way it is from a brand perspective, right? We're just two guys selling whiskey. We need an importer who can find the right distributor. We need distributors who have sales teams to get it onto store shelves. Like that I get and I love. I, I like that, right? It's, it's miniature brand ambassadors. But what I would love to see go away, and it's twofold, I would like to see the state system be changed to a federal system where, where, where our government oversees all of it and it's no longer a state's rights thing, like which is TTB. controversial, right? It's controversial, but I think it can be done if we use certain states as a model. And the other thing that I would like to see is an adjustment to how tax is distributed should we ever go down that route because the thing that's that's always going to stop a change from uh, a state-run system to a federal-run system is how are we going to get our money and i think a federal-run system that every state adheres to just simplifies things and then if we can figure out the tax, then we're golden. Then it then it, it fixes shipping too, right? Shipping's another issue that's tax-based. Yeah. It's not every day you hear somebody advocating for big government in this country, but kudos to you for, for taking on that mantle, Joshua. You also buried the lead. If you brought this up 15 minutes ago, we could have spent 15 minutes discussing this. As it is, all I will say is the, Canada suffers from the same thing as the United States. And, and from everything we hear, Canada is even worse than the United States. You know, just, mm -hmm. just the way that their provinces individually run liquor sales. And you hear mm -hmm. Canadians lament each of their systems uh, every time we talk to them as well. That's a conversation for another day. We're going to get out of here. We're going to say thank you to Richard for sending in the story. Appreciate you listening. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you participating. We're going to say thanks to Fred Minnick for the article. Again, if you want to follow up with it for yourself, Google the words Fred and Minnick, M-I-N-N-I-C-K, and discriminatory or... Discriminatory. Thank you. And then finally, if you would like to be like Richard and you'd like to send in a story for us to cover on an extra extra, you can send it. Just send us the link and a little comment. Why do you want us to cover it? What did you think was interesting in it? And send that to questions at onenationunderwhiskey.com. And that's us, Joshua. We're going to get out of here. I'm going to say cheers to you, my friend. Cheers to the dear listeners. Until the next episode. Bye-bye. Until then, Jason. Ta-ta. Yeah, that didn't make the sound you expected. <laughs> Bye.